Hello, everybody, and welcome back to our podcast. It's all about mental health. I am Erica Ives. And I am Will Schofield, the co-host here with Erica. And we are so happy to have you here. How are you, Will? Good, thanks. And yourself? I am doing quite well. Happy Good. New Year to yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. You too. It's great to be back. I'm really glad that we will be speaking to the people that we're going to be talking to today. Yes, and we are going to continue where we left off. We were talking to college students last time. Yeah. Yeah, and that went spectacularly well. Yeah, it was amazing. It was really great to hear their thoughts and feelings, both as college students, um, individuals who are engaged in sex, you know, who are kind of also just kind of getting involved in having sex in a lot of ways too. And then also to hear their thought about, you know, sexual assault, sexual trauma, things like that. So Mm -hmm. that was amazing. But tonight Mm -hmm. we are going to talk about growing up and how it relates to mental health. Yes. Yes. So why don't we start by having our wonderful guests introduce themselves? That would be great. Who of you would like to start? Sure. Uh, <laughs> my name is Mark. Um, I'm a 21-year-old college student um, living in Los Angeles. Hey, Mark. Thank you for coming yeah, on. We're happy to have here. you here. Yeah, of course. I'm happy to be here. Good. Happy to awesome. talk about some cool stuff. Good, yeah. good. Hi, I'm Michaela. I'm 20, and I go to UC Santa Cruz. Welcome back, Michaela. Welcome back. You guys yeah. remember Michaela has been a guest on our show before. Yes. Woo-hoo. But <laughs> you can come on as many times as you want. Yes. It's Thank nice you. to have you back. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm Jackson. I'm 20 years old. I'm from Malibu, and I currently go to the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. Nice. Hey, Jackson. Thank you for coming tonight. I wouldn't miss it for the world. Oh, I love that attitude. That's what we want to hear. That's what we want to hear. All right, you guys, let's dig right in, okay? Okay. All right. First thing I want to know is what this concept, mental health, even means to you. This is how we start all of our podcasts. It's, It's just important to get a perspective, and there's no right or wrong answer. So I think my definition of what mental health is, is finding the balance between the good times and the bad times and knowing when it's time to regulate and when it's time to just flow through the different waves of emotion to get where you need to be. My hell, you have grown, Michaela. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, that was really nice. Yeah, great. Jackson, what about you? I can add on to that. I was just going to say, like, I think mental health can be perceived as, like, the behavior that stems from how a person balances, like, the positive and negative, like, outcomes in their life. Right. And their overall stability from it. Yep. Yep. Good answer. Good answer. Um, Yeah, mine differs a little bit. Um, So I would probably say, like, maybe, I mean, I think there's two ways of thinking about it, whether... Mm -hmm you're going to be talking about because uh, on one hand like mental health might have kind of like physical and biological components to it where right. like you know you're making sure that your brain is um, you know working properly and has everything that it really needs to like you know perform well but then I also think that it's interesting because I think I think it has like a different 
um, component where it's really like what the person themselves are feeling. Yes. Um, and I think it's kind of like combining those two perspectives to mm-hmm. kind of like understand where why somebody's acting the way they are or right. um, how they're feeling and, and overall like that. Right. It's about how we act, how we think, and mm-hmm. how we feel. It's about how we cope with everyday issues, how mm-hmm. we problem solve, how we interact with our peers. Um, you know, it's overall what represents you emotionally. And, and like you said, you know, talking about that biologically. And, and the other thing that I say and I repeat and I will continue to repeat is mental health is something everybody has. Yes. Yeah. Well, why do you think it's so important that our our uh, listeners know that? Well, because I. It's a test. Yeah, it is a (laughs) test. Um, I think it's important that every listener knows that because it it really personalizes this topic, right? It's something that we oftentimes like depersonalize by the way that we judge other people, Mm -hmm. but oftentimes. When we look at it through that lens, um, we really humanize ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. and I like what Mark talks about. It's it's this mixture between biological predispositions, but then also experience, right? And and all of our experiences are very different. Even if you ask siblings, right, right. like about their events growing up, how did you perceive this as happening? Mm-hmm. Right? They'll have different feelings and different emotions and different experiences. Yeah, it's crazy how that happens, huh? Yeah. yeah. Two people yeah. growing up in the exact same home. Yeah. And it, there's a lot of stigma around mental health. And I think what's unfortunate is that not enough people talk about, like I said, what it even means. Mm-hmm. And yet it's something everyone has. It's not a sickness. Yeah. It's not... You know, an illness, when we talk about mental illness, that's different. It's like that's, a state of being. Right. That's a, well, that's like a brain disease. Um, you hear depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder. Those are mental illnesses. Mm-hmm. But, but our mental health is the way we take care of ourselves and the way we think and feel and behave. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So you guys talked about your current or what you thought mental health is. What do you guys, how would you describe your current mental health? Like, do you guys think you you practice maybe positive or or you have a a good foundation of practicing things that aid you in maintaining good mental health or or maybe um, how do you monitor your mental health? Mm. I think uh, it definitely depends on how you are raised Mm -hmm. and like what your values are on mental health. For me, I grew up with my mother as a therapist. Um, So I was born and raised to Hmm. be aware of my mental health consistently always and listen to what I'm feeling in my body and hear it and respond to it in a way that's going to benefit myself. Mm Um, now, today in college, it's definitely harder to maintain my mental stability 
and be aware of my mental health because right. you know there's so many different pressures thrown on you always whether it's school or like a social aspect um but I'm I've been going to therapy for like about two years now and I think I've been more on top of my mental health than I have ever been before and it feels really good I mean there's definitely a lot of lows but it feels good to know that I'm doing my best to be where I need to be in the moment I hear a lot of self-respect, too, in doing that. You value yourself is what you're talking about because it takes a lot of time and energy to focus on our mental health and especially being a college student. Yeah. You were talking about you have so many other things to focus on and yet, you know, every day you got to pay some attention and, and... Every single day. That's right. And monitor what's happening with me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. um, I would agree with that. I mean, just to reiterate some points, I think, you know, as a student, um, you know, myself, um, I'm a student as well. And I think that, like Michaela was talking about, like some of those academic and social pressures can definitely put a lot of um, strain on like your mental health, even if, you know, if you would think that you have kind of a strong foundation. And I think that even a lot of people, I think, especially when they're getting to this age where you're becoming a young adult and going off into the world and going to college alone, away from your parents, it's all very different. I think that even people with a strong foundation can often kind of like um, experience some of those mental health issues that you didn't Mm -hmm. even necessarily like really um, latch onto earlier in life. Mm -hmm. And I think um, like in a more personal context, I found that to be true. I think growing up, um, I didn't really, I mean, I understood the concept of mental health, but I guess I didn't really either see um, cases firsthand where I really connected with people who were experiencing, you know, good or bad um, periods in their mental health. And I think mm-hmm. that as I got to college, I kind of had um, kind of more just general awareness about the topic and like how, you know, how serious um, these things really are to talk about. So how, how would you describe where you see yourself with your mental health at this time in your life? Um, I would, you know, overall, um, I think I do a good job of kind of um, surveying, you know, how I'm feeling on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, yeah, in general, I'm pretty happy with it. I think that sometimes I can kind of, um, like if I do have some issues, I think I tend to kind of like push them out or just kind of like think Mm -hmm. that ignoring is going to either solve them or just like, you know, I'm being a little ridiculous or this and that. Um, which I think is an unfortunate reality for a lot of people because it's almost like with so much craziness happening in your life, it's hard to like even have the time to like think about yourself yeah, or think right. about what you're feeling. Right. Um, and so I think that in, I think maybe I should make just a more conscientious effort to just every day kind of focus on, you know, how am I feeling today and maybe get to the root of like why I'm feeling certain emotions as opposed to kind of being like, you know what, I'm fine. And maybe I'll think about this tomorrow when I have a free, you know, free hour or something mm-hmm. like that. And I, I appreciate you talking a little bit about um, also about the way you were raised and, and that that comes into play with your mental health and that you tend more to sweep things under the rug a little yeah, bit and postpone yeah, or would you say procrastinate? Yeah, no, definitely for sure. Sometimes it's just overwhelming to even, I mean, because it's hard, you know, with everything that's happening in life and you're in college and class and social stuff 
Um, yeah, you definitely almost feel like you don't even have time to think mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's crazy because out of nowhere, it'll kind of catch up onto you and be like, man, I have been feeling down these past couple of weeks or something like that. As opposed to like, maybe if you had kind of a better awareness on like a day-to-day basis, like you could probably do more to like kind of understand the trends overall. Yeah. So. Yeah, 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 definitely. So do, I know Eric kind of talked about um, the family situation um, in some degree without, and I just wanted to kind of reiterate in a, in a more direct fashion. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that was something that was kind of imprinted on based upon how you were raised, right? Like yeah. this idea of like sweeping it on, moving forward, just kind of charging through things? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so, you know, my parents... Um, were kind of raised so their parents were first generation immigrants okay and i think that um like you know they experienced a lot of hardship in their life yeah and i think when you're um like for example my grandmother uh is you know experienced a great depression as a child Uh and that really kind of did um, a number on her outlook just because if you're starving and you can't even find shelter or whatever in a freezing winter I think like you know your anxiety is definitely almost yeah. you know very swept under the rug as opposed to yes. very it's like about survival. survival yeah these very literal problems yeah. and you know um, fortunately enough I don't you know exist in those still kind of Great Depression era um, struggles but something like that definitely I think within my family it was kind of admired how like some of my relatives could definitely. kind of like focus on what you know yeah. just surviving and moving forward mm-hmm. yeah um and not to say that they necessarily you know um neglected to tell me about mental health and everything like that but i would definitely say it was just like you know a big characteristic of my upbringing just to be like it's important that no matter what happens you know you keep you keep your eye on the prize mm-hmm. and yeah keep moving forward. it's like so. this, this idea of dedication and yeah. like remaining yeah. strong amongst hardship but also yeah. being able to really say like look you know what I understand this is kind of a part of what's happening to me, yeah. but I can, you know, move through this and find a better place to be. Yeah. yeah I think it's definitely a strength to at times be able to yeah. sweep things under the rug or right. compartmentalize mm-hmm. them at times, like, because you have to, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. but overall, yeah, it's not something you want to get yeah. in regular practice of doing because it causes yeah more harm than good yeah. but it sounds like it's understandable why it's been in your family a little bit and we'll yeah. talk more yeah, of course. Um, about it so thank you mm-hmm. thank you what about you Jackson um, how you would know, you describe your mental health it's actually interesting I think right now I'm in a better place than I've been in, in a long time and that's it's. I think that's mainly because I grew up in a matter that was like it wasn't like in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't that difficult. And I was under like a lot of supervision and a lot of things were just being controlled by my parents, not in a bad way, but like a lot of things were planned out for me. And so it's not that I had bad mental health growing up, but I never really dealt with it per se because I never really had to. Mm-hmm. But when I was forced to, when I was like, when I went to college, I was forced to be on my own for the first time in my life. I actually started finding out that I like, by myself I had to deal with it because no one else could help me deal with it right. or no one was there to like aid me and so since then I think that probably started on my sophomore year of college I realized that like doing small things like such as like self-care like just like taking a break from every once in a while like getting a breath of fresh air like that really started to help me mm-hmm. and so once I started to notice like the triggers that like create these like negative responses to like certain things I started to like realize ways I can work around them 
I think since then I've been, I've been in a pretty good place. And it's an ongoing, lifelong process. Yeah. We're always working on our mental health and sometimes it's more stable than others. And certain things yeah. can happen that are completely not within our control that can affect our mental health, right? But overall, yeah, it's it's really important to to honor ourselves and our mental health so so we can have the most uh, impactful and happiest life possible. Yeah, and so we can grow. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So tonight we're talking about growing up. And it sounds like you guys all have incorporated that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wanted to ask you specifically if first you guys can tell us a little bit about your families. Mark, you said a little bit about your family, but Mm -hmm. you guys can share more about your parents or your parents still married, um, you know, anything else you feel is relevant right now at this time with where we're at. Jackson. Yeah. I can start. (laughs) Take it away. Uh, I grew up in Malibu with my mom and dad and they're not together anymore. They were... Um, so they were married up until I was in the sixth grade Mm -hmm. and then, and all honestly, like their divorce came out of nowhere because they never shared like anything bad about their relationship with me. Uh And I was like, soon, I soon learned like, like, I'm sorry, I recently learned that like whenever they fought, it was cause like they went to their bedroom, which was like on the other side of the house and me and my sister had no clue what was happening. I guess I should also mention I have a sister who was adopted Thank you. Uh, in, in 2005. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so her introduction to the family was actually, it was like hard to adjust for in the beginning because I grew up as an only child up until I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. And so I had all the attention on me. Yeah. But then in 2005, my parents decided to adopt a, a girl from China. And, and they believed, I mean, and rightfully so, that she needed more attention than ever, than they had ever given me because she needed to adjust to living in one a new country but also with like a new family and, everything. Mm-hmm. and so I think that was definitely a period of like adjusting and like I had to realize like I couldn't like I really I was no place to complain about that but obviously like it had a toll on yeah, the way I looked at it and, yeah. and yeah. as a kid you yeah. can't help it yeah. you can't help it's your, your experience right? right I mean you're you're viewing this occurring in front of you yeah. and and you're gonna have a reaction to it it forced me to mature on the spot because, like, not only did I have to like, serve as like a good role model, I had to be like an older sibling for the first time in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like eight years in, I had no clue how to be that. Yeah, mm. and I imagine that was kind of difficult. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I just had to teach myself because mm-hmm. I never like I never had an older sibling. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so yeah. I had no one to ever like look up like to like, take on their role. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of just like had to do that all on the spot. Mm-hmm. But it all worked out for the best. My sister and I are very close now. Oh, good. And, good. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Your parents yeah. divorced. Are they remarried? Either so your parents. So my dad is remarried. He got remarried around three or four years ago. And she's great. I love her. She's awesome. And my parents are actually still very close. My mom mm. is not. My mom is not remarried, but she's still maintained a great relationship with my dad. Like more so than other relationships I've seen from like my friends and from wow. back where we still celebrate holidays with 
both my parents and my stepmom. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That is really special. Yeah, very, very lucky. It was really helpful that when they got divorced, they also lived pretty close to each other still because like commuting from one place to another wasn't that difficult. Yeah. And so I think in terms of like growing up with like in a divorced family, it was not the hardest. You, you mean they stayed focused on what was best for the kids? <laughs> <laughs> right? That oh. doesn't happen all the time in divorced families. Bravo to them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. For me, <clears throat> sorry, um, I grew up with my parents. Uh, they got divorced when I was two. So I've only known being a part of a divorced family, a separate family. I am an only child. So I got a, a lot of attention for sure, huh. which was great. And, you know, now it takes its toll, but it was great and it's still great. Um, as I said, my mom was a therapist. She pretty much raised me on her own. My parents had a 50-50 custody for a while, but I did not enjoy going to my dad's house. My dad um, is now the complete opposite of my mom. They they never got along from what I ever could remember. And it was, it was really rough, like commuting back and forth between them, having to meet at like Albertsons and the two of them you know, giving looks and my dad like calling my mom a bitch in front of me and like verbal fights. And, you know, it was really not a great environment to see uh, like any kind of healthy relationship. Um, my dad got remarried when I was about six mm-hmm. uh, to my stepmom who had a son who is my age. So my stepbrother. Together, they have a son who is now nine years old. So he's my little baby half-brother. And I love him. He's great. He makes me so happy. (laughs) She has a big smile on her face, by the way. I love talking about him. He's the best. Um, But adjusting to that, having my, like, first sibling was so, so hard. I mean, I was used to getting complete soul attention consistently and like in the beginning my dad you know was so loving and like all about me and then you know this this new woman came into the picture and this new family happened and it was like he was out (laughs) he didn't have to deal with me anymore because he had this new family that didn't have as much baggage as Mm -hmm. mine did and you know that was very very rough I grew up not speaking my feelings at my father's house being scared to talk I was scared of my stepmom I was scared of my dad around my stepmom and you know it was just very unhealthy um my mom also had gotten remarried when I was about seven I think also um to my stepfather who he's no longer my stepfather but he was he had two kids and that was that was really good for a while um my stepfather was my the first male I had ever felt like I could trust um he made me laugh he was so loving so supportive he showed me what a father is supposed to be and what a father is not supposed to be and I'm forever grateful for that relationship I shared with him for sure over the years um they 
unfortunately got divorced about two years ago. It just got finalized. Um, and that, that was really, really rough on me. That's when I like first really started looking at my mental health Mm. because that was, that was a, a game changer. Like I, I had two father figures who dipped out and I was like, damn, like what's wrong with like me? Is there something wrong with me and my mom? Like what's going on? Like just had no trust in males at all. Um, and you know, I lost, I lost my stepbrother who was my older brother. I grew up with him and he doesn't talk to me anymore. And I don't talk to my stepdad. I, I definitely hold a lot of resentment that I think I have surface level touched on, um, in therapy, but you know, it's a struggle every time I like hear someone say his name or think about it or see a post on Facebook or something like that. Um, but now my mom is happily dating a great man. Um, I, it's the first time in my life that I've seen a healthy functioning relationship and I am so grateful for him. He is, he treats my mom right and he makes her laugh. He makes her smile and I've never seen her so happy before. And you know, that's all I could ever want is for her to be taken care of and, I feel taken care of by him, so it's it's good right now. Um, not really talking to my dad, which is a good thing for me, I'd say. And mm-hmm. you know, me and my mom are closer than ever before, and it's 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 good. It's good right now. So, it sounds like you definitely see how the way you were raised yeah. has had a huge impact. Oh my god, on your I, overall mental. You know, health. you I like go into therapy and like. You know, she'll, she'll, my therapist will like take me back into like a past time where I felt a certain emotion and like I won't even realize like, oh, this is why I cope this way. This uh-huh. is why I stuff everything down and, and then explode because that's, that's how I grew up. Uh-huh. That's what I grew up doing always. And so like it's crazy. I can see all of the everything comes from how I was raised and how my family treated each other and what their values were and it's it's crazy that you know your parents have such an impact on you mm-hmm. such an impact on you yes yes thank you for being so raw yeah and sharing yeah, some real stuff about yeah. yourself like you too jackson i really appreciate you guys already yeah. at this point like your willingness to really <laughs> go there. Yeah. Right. I think we've we've gotten to a point where we've talked about it enough that you know, at least for me, it's it's really easy to talk about with like almost anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, do mm-hmm. you mean when you guys when you said talk about it, do you mean amongst yourselves or do you mean? Yeah, I mean amongst like ourselves with. Well, for me, with professionals, yeah. just with other people. I mean, you yeah. grow up, you have to learn how to talk about things. Yeah. And I think like whether it's writing it or talking to your grandma or something like uh-huh. everyone has definitely talked about it at least once right yeah. right yeah right uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so mine is uh, <laughs> a little less vivid i guess um you know my uh so my i come from family um that was you know i'm from los angeles and my parents are still married. Um, mm-hmm. They have three siblings, and 
I have an older sister and an older brother. Nice. And um, okay, you're the baby. He's the baby. <laughs> I am the baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so growing up, I think that, um, you know, I always appreciated having siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting. A lot of my friends have younger siblings and I have two older ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't, you know, necessarily really um, ever thought about maybe what that did to my development path per se, um, but absolutely kind of inspired me to maybe even, you know, strive to be either, um, you know, successful as, as much as they were or, um, you know, mature at a, you know, a rate that I wish that, you know, my siblings did. Um, so, I mean, you know, I thought it was a very close-knit family growing up, and I'm definitely very appreciative of that. Mm-hmm. So. Would you say you're still a close-knit family? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I'm definitely very... I talk to my parents almost every every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, still very close with my two siblings. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. That's now, nice. What is the age difference? Right. So my older brother is about 10 years older than I am. Okay. And then my older sister is five years. Okay. Um, so that was kind of interesting when they were growing up because they, um, I guess she's maybe six years older. So they were a little closer in age. Um, yeah. So they have a lot of mutual friends as opposed to me who was a little younger. Okay. And, um, you know, I was never in school with them per se or anything like that. Uh-huh. So um, I imagine that they probably have a little more in common just because of their age similarities. But um you know, I hope that I would say that we're still very close. Mm-hmm. You know, that that would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you guys probably can relate to each other then in a certain way because there's been that experience, your siblings being right. older, Mark. Like yeah. you, you've, there's probably been a time when you felt like a little bit of an only child, yeah. right? And yeah, absolutely. Jackson, you had the experience of being the only child until mm-hmm. your sibling was adopted. And then Michaela, same with you. You've mm-hmm. been an only child and you have had yeah. step siblings. Yeah. So you guys can all probably relate to one another yeah. around that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very different upbringings, but also there's a lot of similarities, I'd say. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is growing up, this concept of growing up mean? to you. Oh. It, it, it's oh, a yeah. very... I guess, should we follow it by uh, do I need to? Yeah. <laughs> Does this actually have to occur? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a very filled question. Yeah. I hear the two words growing up and like I immediately get anxious and sweaty. Personally. I, I am so scared of what the future holds and you know when I think about it it just I get my anxiety just goes through the roof I I don't know when when I went to college leaving my mom for the first time was just the biggest life shock ever I had no concept of how to live on my own I had no idea what it meant to like deal with my mental health by myself without my mom giving me the tools. Um, And so like now when I think about growing up and I think about like, oh my God, like I'm gonna graduate college and then, you know, I'm a real adult. I have to like Mm -hmm. live on my own (laughs) and like, you know, 
how do you pay taxes? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know what's going on in the adult world, but... It's called H&R Block. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> but... Or you find a business major and you have them Yeah, I... Yeah, I mean, growing up, for me now, it's like, I just think of the path where I, I want to be and, you know, what I aspire to get to in my life. And, you know, I try to not let it overwhelm me because it's definitely an overwhelming thought thinking about the future but I try to look at it in a positive light that like you know growing up you're just gonna learn more you're gonna understand yourself more like you're gonna understand other people more the world more everything right like your mind is just gonna expand right it's a it's a process yeah yeah and even me being obviously an adult you know it's been amazing growing up your Mm -hmm. mind my mind has been continually expanding yeah Yeah. and that's a form of growing up yeah like you were talking about so yes growing up can be wonderful and it's it's a process yeah Yeah. I mean it's just crazy to think because like I think about when we were in high school and it's like oh yeah like one (laughs) day like (laughs) we're going to be graduating college. And I'm like, oh shit, like that's next year. (laughs) I'm like, wait a second. Like I'm not there yet, but you know, we'll get there slowly. You're right where you need to be. Yes. What does growing up mean to you, Jackson? Just means like all the experiences that have led up to where I am currently. Mm -hmm. And for better and for worse, it's it's just it's scary to think about because you really only get to grow up once, and you don't really dictate Mm. how you grow up. You're just kind of born into the situation, and the events and experiences around you dictate where you'll kind of dictate where you'll end up. Yeah, and so I don't know. It's like it's it's hard for me to think about because you 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 don't want to look back on the things you've done and like and and think about like what could have been because you can't ever change things. Right. Yeah. And so you just have to accept what's happened for what it is. And, like, you make that, you just get stronger from that. And, I don't know, it's, it's scary thinking about it's growing so up. Scary. I don't know what, to, I, don't, I don't really know what to expect moving forward. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like what Michaela was saying. I don't yeah. really know what to do with taxes and living by my own. Like, right. I've started for two years and I'm still not good at that. I can't right. do the dishes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like laundry, that's not my forte. You mean I have to cook dinner yeah. and then clean up after dinner. That was big for me. I yeah. like I was yeah. so just having people clean up after myself uh-huh. and I'll make myself this really extravagant dinner at school and I'm like, why is the kitchen still there? I don't understand. That's funny. That's funny. And that's I guess also like this like this weird experience of college, right? Where it's about education, but it's also about being launched yeah. into all these other things going on, right? Like You're just you, thrown in it. Yeah, just catapulted from all these resources that we've grown so, so accustomed to in the first 18 years of our lives yeah. to then being told like, okay, cool, you saw either, you know, you had the experience maybe where your parents, you witnessed your parents utilizing these tools that they possessed and they kind of taught you some of the tools and maybe there were some areas of your life where you were doing a lot of the work, right? Maybe you were doing your own laundry or something Mm -hmm. like that. But like when you get to college, it's all you, Yeah. right? But let me, what about, (laughs) what about the concept though of maybe for me as I've grown older is like kind of coming to terms with the older I get 
I'm I'm kind of becoming more and more okay with the fact that I'm like accepting that I know less and less of the things that are going on around me right it's like I can't really quantify everything that's occurring but I have you know this routine and this structure that I put in place in my life and that's kind of what guides me through the day Mm -hmm. right but like taxes, I don't. I don't know how to do taxes. <laughs> you don't? No, you but don't? luckily there's somebody that that's does. Right, that's right? right there with you. And, and that's the added benefit. It's like if you don't know it, I'm sure somebody else does. Right? right, and it's just about finding the people that do. That's and true. that's part of growing up. And that's learning how to find those resources. Exactly. Exactly. Definitely. So, how about you, Mark? Um, yeah, I mean, I think. Jackson definitely made some good points where it's just talking about how, you know, all those experiences that you've had coming to age are definitely going to impact who you are today and who you're going to be, you know, tomorrow. Yeah. Um, personally, I think that growing up is honestly one is just such a bizarre experience overall. Huh. Um, I mean, more so, yeah, I mean, just kind of like coming to terms with the fact of how little, you know, you're, you can really understand or really even like try to grasp about why things are happening or who's involved and everything like that. Um, I think for me personally, like I think growing up has caused me, you know, a lot of my anxiety probably comes from that. Yeah. Um, just because, I mean, it's weird to think that you do only get, you know, one chance and that you're only going to have, um, you know, one opportunity to experience these things at every single age. Um, and I think for me, that definitely psyched me out for many years. Um, you know, as of recent, I think that I've been trying to kind of also have a little more faith and confidence in where things are going. Um, like, I understand that for a lot of people, and myself included, that growing up is definitely like a very, you know, it can be kind of traumatic at times and right. definitely very rocky and turbulent. Um, but I'm also kind of excited at where, you know, who I'm going to become. Just yeah. even just maybe like out of, out of curiosity, you know, just to yeah. understand um, okay, so I understand that these things have happened to me, but I wonder, you know, whether I can either turn th- the bad things around or really embrace the things that should be, you know, really taken advantage of. Um, so, you know, moving forward, I think it's it's also encouraging to just think about where we're headed as opposed mm-hmm. to trying to be so anxious about where we've been, you know? Definitely. Ooh, so, that was some deep stuff there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you guys are already having um, a much deeper understanding of it than of mental health and growing up than I did when I was your age. Yeah, I agree. Um, And when growing up, I think it was you, Will, said something about 18 years old. Um, That's this point of launching where our parents are supposed to send us out into the world and and the way they've raised us they've given us the wings now it's our time to fly so it's this launching period and the way you're gonna be icarus then the way we're launched our parents launch us usually by the way they were launched definitely unless they've done a lot of work on themselves yeah no definitely and it makes me think about what you were saying mark too and there's like this generational thing Mm -hmm. right that kind of what you're that's kind of what you're talking about Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, it was exactly right right. yeah that's being launched and and it's it 
there is no perfection. Yeah, there's in no it. rule book. There, no, there's not. I wish uh, parents so aren't easy. given a rule book when you guys are born. We're just sort of out there figuring it out, yeah. right? Yeah. And 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 so are you guys still, mm-hmm. and so are parents still. Yeah. They're still figuring things out as they continue to grow older and one could again could call that growing up or just growing older yeah however you want to refer to it yeah i mean i think you know like what you said right is your parents are are also continuing to grow up right there's not there isn't a period where we stop kind of developing right until you die when you decease is when you stop developing you're no longer regenerating cells at a molecular at a molecular level or yeah you know, but there's, um, you know, you said, Kayla, there's something about, like, we wish there was a rule book, but that's also kind of one of the most beautiful liberties that we have as human beings is to make a mess of this experience, Yeah. right? To really put our nose to the grindstone and try things and see what our minds can create, what we can manifest for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And when they go awry, we get to look at, uh, at those lessons and then say, you know what, let's try something different. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I think it was a fluke and I'm going to try it again, <laughs> damn it. Right? Well, yeah, I think I like the way I handled this. Maybe yeah. I can try it again that way next time. Yeah. yeah, right. That's how we learn. Figure out what works for us and what doesn't. Yeah, which is a great kind of segue. I would love to, to try and understand. I know... For me, growing up as a, as a kid and then kind of going off to school, um, there's a lot of different ways that, that families can instill values in us. Um, what were some, some of these value systems that you really saw reflect in that transition? That could be through religion and you, maybe when you feel lost, pray, right? Was there any types of values that were imposed? I know Mark, you talked about like dedication and hard work. How about some other ones? You know, because if you look at it from like an emotional, physical, spiritual aspect, how could you guys touch on that? Jackson, take it away. Take it away, Jackson. (laughs) So like one of our parents essentially taught us is what you're asking? Yeah, like the impact uh, the way you were raised has had on your mental health. It's actually pretty interesting. The way, I mean, I think this is more about my mom, what I'm going to be talking about. Okay. And the way she's the most, like, caring and giving person I know and growing up, I didn't really, like, fully realize that. And it goes into, so after their divorce, almost, I want to say two years after my dad got remarried, but my mom never has remarried. She's dated on and off, but never anything that serious. But she's never actually been alone alone in her house because... Part of how like Karen giving is she is she's like if she sees someone in need she always invites them in, and so mm-hmm. since wow. they've been divorced I've probably had three or four either people by themselves or with their families stay with us for months or years at a time, and so wow. and that starts from like in the beginning of high school we had some random 
Asian woman who is studying at a college that my mom had met on the street and was like, I'll give you a place to stay. Wow. No rent charged. I, and, and, so, and so I grew up with this woman. I'm like, I have no clue who you are. Like, you're not paying rent. You're eating my food. I'm like, like at the time, I'm just, I'm just so ignorant. I'm like, she ate the last of the Cheerios. This is like, fascinating. Like, like, yeah, that I is. Have, like, because like, like I don't realize like I have it good but she doesn't and my mom realizes that yeah and eventually this woman three years later ends up getting married and like like moves off but we still see her every now and then and oh like, my god she just showered my mom with gifts and like at that time I didn't know it and even now with the fire that just happened in Malibu <laughs> it's still talking about ignorance I can't I come back from college expecting to be in my room <laughs> and my mom is currently renting out my room to a family that lost their house in the fire and I'm kind of I'm still at that point. I'm like, how can you like, like, this is my room. And I think all those things are like how, like just giving back and like realizing that someone probably has it worse. So just always be so respectful of people. Yeah. I think that's what I've taken back. And I think I reflect that with a lot of people I meet now. Yeah. So even though I'll have experiences where I will think otherwise, especially when I'm back home, I think with, especially when I went to Tennessee, I met all these different people. I think I've really tried to just, be the best person I can be with them. That's amazing. And that's really yeah. a yeah, strong value yeah. you've taken with you, it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. That's very impressionable. Yeah, quite. Yeah. Quite. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest, I mean, I learned a lot about what I didn't want to have as my values growing up from my dad specifically. Like, I... I wanted to value, and I do want to value family, you know, over, over games and, you know, my dad will go fishing and diving and, you know, do anything he can do for himself, but, you know, not for others. So I always wanted to stay away from that selfish attitude and it's, it's so hard. I, I mean, I definitely find myself having a lot of selfish and stubborn moments with new people I meet with new ways of learning and socializing and everything. And, um, that was def that's hard still to deal with like my selfishness and stubbornness. It comes up a lot in my relationships with people, but I think on like a positive note, the, the greatest thing I can take away from growing up would be mindfulness, <laughs> taking one thing mindfully at a time is what my mom likes to say. Uh, I grew up also doing competitive gymnastics till I was like 16, 17. And so, you know, literally taking everything one step at a time mindfully is what I was trained to do in gymnastics my whole life. Like, cause if you, if you don't take it one step at a time, you're going to really hurt yourself. And I didn't want to hurt myself. So I think now taking that away I really try to think about things and how they're going to affect the people around me and how are they are going to affect myself Mm -hmm. as well. And that's part of growing up too is the experience of looking outside of ourselves and seeing how the things we do affect others. Kind of also what you were talking about, Jackson, same kind of concept. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. You're, like, bred to be, like, you're when you're the baby, like, you are the most special thing. I mean, usually, in a 
family situation. Right. The baby is the most special thing in the world. Like you are the golden nugget of everything. And mm-hmm. then you like grow up and you're like, wait, like everyone is like that in their family. I am not like just the only special child in the world. Like mm-hmm. there's billions of people around me and all over the world that you don't even know about. It's crazy to think about. Oh, very insightful. Incredible. You're nodding your head yes, Mark. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think both of those perspectives um, make a lot of sense. And I think that mine, you know, growing up had a similar experience. Um, yeah, I mean, we already touched it on it before, just like how, you know, my parents really instilled like a work ethic in me that I think, um, you know, I'm still trying to emulate to their capacity. I think my, you know, I'm still in awe, like seeing my parents. I think they're two of the hardest working people that I have ever met. Um, and I think that has definitely resonated with me as I, you know, trying to grow up and not only just probably working hard, but definitely just having like a general, um, you know, caring attitude for others. Um, you know, it's one thing to even work hard and be successful on your own, but I also think that it's definitely, um, crucial that people kind of work hard, but also lift each other up, um, Mm -hmm. in the process as opposed to just trying to like, you know, make it on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that way, I think that definitely um, two of my most, you know, traits that I'm proud of definitely are coming from my parents. Mm-hmm. That's really That's sweet. So nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is. What are your guys' feedback to each other thus far, just with what we've talked about? Uh, listening to one another? Anything that you're thinking about? Any questions you want to ask each other so far? I, I know you guys do know each other to some capacity, yeah. but, you know, listening to each other talk in this depth. Um, yeah, I mean, I think both of what Jackson and Mark have said, I, I agree with what they've said that they've taken away from their parents because I can see Jackson's caring, you know, being, he's one of the kindest people I know and I know his mother so like I can completely see how he gets that and from his dad too they have always welcomed me and I I definitely see that trend and I mean Mark literally is the the hardest working person I've ever met in my life so I mean it's it's crazy to think that they did you guys did learn that from your parents and you know we all have different aspects and perspectives of what's going on mm-hmm. like for me I because I didn't I mean I learned about hard work for sure but I I think I more taught myself mm-hmm. hard work than was taught that by my parents mm-hmm. whereas like with Mark it's it's the complete opposite like he was he had to learn himself about your mental health whereas like you were taught about hard work it's like mm-hmm. it's very interesting to see how it differs right between us it is though yeah i find it really fascinating how even if we don't really recognize it in the moment we're absorbing so much information based on what our parents are doing around us right that like has just like a crazy outcome on us in the end and how essentially we're just exactly like them because that's Mm -hmm. how we were raised Mm -hmm. even if we don't even realize it Mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense (laughs) doesn't it yeah yeah i mean i would just say that um i think talking especially in this kind of like scenario i think it definitely um 
kind of helps. I mean, you know, I love to have fun and, and definitely having fun with my friends is a, a huge priority in my life. Um, <laughs> but I also think that it's important that people don't really kind of sometimes get into a serious conversation about their upbringings and their mental health and serious topics like that. Um, and I think that even, you know, I do um, have previously met Michaela and Jackson. I think it's, um, you know, most times if we had hung out in kind of a social setting, it's more like, what should we watch on TV as opposed to, you know, let's talk about what do you think that our values are, you know, instilled from your parents and stuff like that. And not necessarily that those are the most natural conversations, but I also think that they're extremely important to have. And I think that moving forward, um, you know, I'm going to try to make a more conscientious effort to have kind of more straightforward and to the point conversations with people I know and appreciate. Oh, I like that. Wow, that was beautiful. Yeah, that was really great. I mean, and I, I know, like in going and going and going all the time, it's it's can be pretty infrequent that we actually provide that space. Like how you talked about Jackson and, and being able to recognize when you first went away to school to give yourself that time to take a break, right? And unless we learn to do that over time or maybe we kind of carve out that time it's usually not one of the most natural inclinations but reflection also serves us in such a significant way to take an inventory to understand to to look back on what brought us to the moment we're in now but then also how how can that that reflection that insight then provoke change maybe for the future and you know i tell that to a lot of the people that i get when when they enter into addiction treatment right whether it's addiction treatment or treatment for their mental health like what a powerful moment you're in right where you actually get to assess what's going on and you can pivot right you can take a step in any direction um and that's you know something that really adds value but also really can strengthen bonds mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so I have a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up and being a college student, how has going into college, going away to college, um, and being exposed to drugs and alcohol, how has that affected you and how has that affected your mental health? I mean, it's... You know, it's crazy because you go to college and there's so many different kinds of people. There's people that have been exposed to alcohol and drugs and there are people that have never been around it ever before because their parents wouldn't let them or they were they didn't want to be around it. And, you know, you're in this environment where it's everywhere. You're exposed to it everywhere if you choose to be social. Mm-hmm. If you choose to go out, you're, you mean, you're going to see people that are belligerent or like on some kind of crazy drugs and you have no idea like what's going on. So, I mean, you know, you go and like you see these kids that are just like so drunk out of their minds and like passing out everywhere. And I think for me, it was kind of scary at the beginning because there was there's always been a lot of addiction and abuse in my family and so like going into this area where it was completely accessible to me it scared me so much i would say 
And not to say that I, I didn't go to school and like, I didn't drink because I, I definitely did. And I like partied and my, with my friends and stuff and like experimented with alcohol and drugs, but it's definitely a wake up call because there's so many kids that go into college, not being exposed to any of it and just completely lose their mind. Mm -hmm. Like I had a friend that was, you know, so straight edge, all high school was on the swim team, you know, wasn't allowed to really socialize. And he went to school and he completely just, you know, he, he's not, he's not in college anymore. He, he couldn't handle the partying aspect. It completely overcame him and just destroyed him super early in the college years and it's super freaky to think that like you know that can happen to someone Mm -hmm. I think for me I was so cautious Mm -hmm. about you know drugs and alcohol I was I was really scared of it so I I I haven't really like abused it very much but it's it's a shock (laughs) so would you say Michaela for all of you parents out there who are listening right now you would encourage them to have that conversation with their kids before they go away or move out a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent also just from my personal experience I think you know, if you shield your child completely from everything and then suddenly they have everything around them, like, why would they not just completely abuse what's in front of them? Like, it's so new and it's like this bright, shiny thing that's so hyped up in college. Yeah, it's like, oh my God, that's sparkle over there. Like, whoa, that looks cool. I want some of that. Yeah, Yeah. or you hear these wild experiences of, Especially with psychedelics, right? Yeah. And and there's a lot of music and rap and all kinds of influences that it's not only it around you but it's in your head. Yeah. You're hearing it. Yeah. Right? It's part so of. It's a whole sensory experience. Yeah. It's a part of socializing in college. Yeah. Like, so many people, you know, it's not really. I mean, it depends your your crowd of people, but right. most of the time course, you yes. go in and it's not like. Oh, let's let's go out to dinner and you know just talk eat it's like oh let's go to this crazy party and like get drunk and like do crazy things mm-hmm. and it's it's a very it's like a culture shock right right almost did yeah. you guys boys have or young men did you have <laughs> a culture shock when you left i just think because like you're exposed to obviously you're exposed to drugs and alcohol in high school but that's mm-hmm. really like based on where you grew up uh-huh. and everyone grows up in these different situations so in college all these people share different experiences but then again you're exposed to so much yeah and it's crazy because in college so that for the first time you're on your own and you see all these things that you can do and it's at that point you have to realize all right you could maybe drink a lot and you maybe take these drugs but you have to learn to balance it with all with your schedule with especially in school like all your classes you can't let them like take over yeah and so i've definitely like like i agree with michaela i've definitely had friends at school who grew up in kind of conservative areas weren't really maybe drinking that much doing that many drugs but in college they saw all this freedom to do whatever they want and it kind of got the best of them Mm -hmm. and really kind of had a bad impact on their education and so I mean, it's, I just think it's, it's just, it's interesting. I just, 
it's fascinating. Yeah, it's and like they really didn't know how to manage their mental health. Yeah. They weren't given those tools. Yeah. And so yeah. that wasn't a priority. Yeah. And, or not even that it wasn't a priority. Like I said, they may just never have learned how. And on the flip side of that as well, the education on what these substances do to you physiologically, a lot of kids, unless they've grown up or been around people doing ecstasy before, don't usually know that the dopamine that's used during when you're you know on ecstasy or the, the chemicals that are released in your brain while you're on ecstasy are, are then at a reduced level the following days yeah. after taking okay. ecstasy. And so then people find themselves in a depression, mm-hmm. right? After having right. this really highly euphoric right. and unbelievable right. experience and not really able to articulate, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. I just had this wonderful experience. And how does that impact their mental health? And yeah. now I'm exhausted and feel like hell and have yeah. no energy and yeah. don't want to go to school. And yeah, or or Xanax. I hear you know yeah. I, I heard all these people around me taking Xanax and now I tried Xanax and what happened last night? Yeah, that was the biggest thing I noticed when I went to college was that that was something we were never exposed to in high yeah. school, and then it just became a an epidemic of people taking Xans and. No one has really knowledge of what they do to you and what they're actually meant for. And so that gets mixed with drinking. And you've just seen so many horrible cases where people get really sick and it just gets bad. People blacking out, not knowing they would have grown up somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I got home last night. Yeah. Do you guys remember? Right. Yeah. Like like calling your phone. Yeah. People put their night together. Yeah. And and that's scary. Mm -hmm. But, and then at that age... Where everybody's blacking out, everybody's like, "Oh wow, you had you had a crazy night," mm-hmm. right? But and that's so much easier to say than, "Dude, that's fucked up." Yeah. Like, are you okay? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's because it's such a normalized thing to yeah. do at school. You know, like, oh, you blacked out. Like, oh, like you had a good time. Like, it's it's such a twisted take. Yeah. On. Mm-hmm. alcohol and mm-hmm. drug abuse it's crazy yeah what do you think Mark um, yeah I mean I, I don't have too much to add to that um, I think that it's definitely a little concerning when kids um, especially even when it ties into mental health and how a lot of kids maybe if they haven't been well educated about you know mental wellness are gonna look to alcohol and drugs to kind of fill that void if they're experiencing, you know, typical college emotions when you leave home, like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, either you're scared or anxious or anything like that. I definitely think that it's, um, especially if it's available in college social settings, it's going to be abused in a way that like to kind of fill that void in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I mean, yeah, I can't really stress enough. I think that it's important that parents, um, not just completely hide the topic from their children because I think inevitably people do get exposed to it, whether it's in college or after college or any time like that. Um, so I think that definitely it's important that as you grow up, you're kind of um, taught about these ideas and it's not necessarily this like, you know, elephant in the room yeah. from college time. Yeah, like a taboo. Yeah. yeah, and I think a lot of people are even enticed by the taboo nature of it, like mm-hmm. if that's going to be the case. So right, I think... Right. Um, you know, people who are 
you know, it's not just like this mysterious thing that you get to when you get to in college, but if people are kind of taught about, you know, how to responsibly use, you know, drugs and alcohol, if you think that's, right. you know, um, right. something that you can use and, and even just, you know, what the actual health impacts are and what this yeah. can really do to you. Because so. yeah. it's a reality that you're going to be exposed. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. why not learn how to do it safely yeah. and how it's going to be in your best interest, yeah, exactly. right? Um, what about this being shielded? Someone had mentioned uh, being shielded. Oh, yeah. And, oh, okay. Is that an experience that you had, Jackson? Being shielded? Yeah, from things. And, and so not being pre- prepared on, on what to expect. I think in a sense, yes. Like, I grew up going to a private high school. Mm-hmm. And I think private education instilled this, this whole idea of, like, maybe, like, a lack of, like, overconsumption of, like, certain, like, drugs or, like, things. And so, like, that's what, like, all of our friends in high school, while we may have drank, I soon learned that, that was not what people were doing yeah. in other places. Yeah. Like one example is I learned that my roommate, like, well, maybe for example, like back home, if our friends were drinking, it'd be, no one would be driving. It was like, a, it was like, if we were doing anything, we had an Uber anywhere. It was very sick, even though we're drinking and it's, it's irresponsible. We were careful. It was very safe. We were careful. Meanwhile, my friend who grows up in like some random town in small town in Tennessee what their activities were after like on the weekends were drinking but then driving like the back roads yeah while, wow. like, on moonshine and like all these horribly like this all these horrible things that could just lead to just terrible accidents yeah yeah and like then we all come to tennessee and i meet them and they meet me and they're like what i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> what do you think yeah. their what was right. about yeah. you you're like you have been doing this i'm like you are doing this right <laughs> Yeah, especially because then, like, there comes a time when I've seen their drinking, yeah, and they offer to drive. I'm like, "Are you serious? Like, you would even think that?" He's like, "No, I've been drinking my whole life. I know that, like, I can drive at this current state." And I'm like, "That's where like, the difference in growing up was. Like, right. I was protected to the point where I was like, you're never supposed to cross this line.' That's yeah. right. Brilliant and they're example. Just far past this Great line. example. Yeah. Yeah. Great example. Um, yeah. Real quick, I just want to go back. I know when we were talking about ecstasy, I said it was dopamine that's depleted it's it is actually serotonin that's <laughs> so i just wanted to clarify that for the record into that right now, yeah no but, but i just wanted to clarify that for anybody listening yeah but jackson going off what you're saying it, it is crazy it, it really depends on what kind of high school you go to when you're learning um and you know experiencing new things but I, I remember I would, like, go to parties and just drink, like, lightly in high school. And then I would come home and my mom would be like, so, like, what drugs were at the party? Like, what was there? And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, was, was there meth? Like, was there heroin? And I'd be like, what? How like, many kids were doing heroin? What are you talking about? Like, I've never even seen cocaine in, in my life. Who was in the bathroom smoking like, crack? Yeah, like, whoa. Like, you were jumping way past that point but then yeah. again you go to college you meet kids that have been doing cocaine since freshman year of high school uh-huh. and you're like uh-huh. whoa <laughs> yeah it's very different yeah. right very different uh-huh. upbringings uh-huh yeah i mean i remember for me going to school freshman year and there being kids that were drinking in class yeah and i was like oh my god 
Yeah. You're just taking it to a whole other level. <laughs> <laughs> You're just trying to one-up me now. Yeah, I was just like, okay. Like, I didn't know we were doing this here, right? <laughs> and there's... And it was not... It wasn't even like it was like a late-night studio. It was... We're talking like an early morning art history class. (laughs) And I know art history can be kind of boring based upon the time period and the subject, but, you know, it it, it can be a total culture shock. Yeah. Sounds like it it was a little bit of a culture shock for you guys. Yeah. Is it a culture shock for you, Mark? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say that my parents, like, hid it from me and I had Uh already kind of, like, been... Um, instructed about the dangers and how to responsibly use, you know, these substances. Yeah. Um, but definitely, like, when you get to college, it's definitely on a way harder scale. I mean, people are, you see a, a wider range of people who completely don't drink and people who are drunk all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, like, seeing people on both ends of the stre- spectrums was definitely surprising to me. Um, and I didn't realize, I guess, how, you know, ingrained in college culture, like, drugs and alcohol really were. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it definitely depends on your group of friends and what you tend to do. But um, there's definitely, I thought it was still surprising even after seeing all these like cliche college movies about how, you know, fraternities really do sometimes just drink beer <laughs> and, you know, how ingrained that stuff really is. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that it was a huge culture shock, but definitely some parts of it really surprised me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like Animal House. Yeah. and sometimes it's not yeah, right, right? Yeah. It, it could go either way yeah. or it could go somewhere in between yeah right how'd it go for you well i went a little bit in between yeah yeah i think for me i was just kind of open to i was open to the experience mm. uh, there was a time i remember when um, these kids who I was hanging out with, we, you know, smoke weed and do a bunch of different substances. But one time I, I, they called me and I went out to the parking lot to see that. Sorry guys, we got dogs here. <laughs> to see what they were doing. And they handed me a bowl and I was like, what the hell is this? This is like, is this a resin bowl? Like thinking they had cleaned out the pipe put the resin from the weed back in there and it was actually they were like oh no it's opium just hit it and i was like oh okay opium that sounds cool hit it and i was like wow this tastes pretty magical you know it it, it was for me my experience at that point in my life was i'm very i'm being very open-minded and i'm kind of you want to try yeah i'm i'm experiencing life Mm -hmm. and I, you know, it was, it was, it was a weird kind of situation. I mean, I was struggling to keep up with schoolwork. Mm-hmm. My freshman year, I did not go back after that to the university that I went to. And, and so I kind of had this experience where it was kind of, my education was taken off track by drugs and alcohol. So you so were the was one the other who experience. saw the shiny red Corvette <laughs> and said, ooh, I want one of those. I want to go see that one. Yeah, yeah. And I, um, there were some other mental illnesses too that at that point in my life kind of stood in the way of me really being able to devote 
much of my focus and and efforts toward being successful Mm -hmm. at university so that that also had a lot to do with it uh i i wanted to ask about friendships and college and we talked a little bit about it um with you guys saying how you, the experience you've had meeting new kids at colleges. Mm-hmm. But I just want to touch on just for a couple of minutes because I know mm-hmm. we don't have a lot of time left. Uh, what has it been like with having your friendships from high school and now going off to high sc- uh, to college and meeting new kids and developing new friendships and then coming home and being with your old friends from high school and how is that what has that been like yeah you guys are going through a lot of changes yeah i mean for me i i think i could speak on behalf of us for a second um for me i we we had a great group of friends all of high school like growing up it was great we were very close with each other um I had a great group of girlfriends, great group of guy friends, and I felt like I could trust all of them, always. Um, And then going to school, I I found a lot more people that that valued um, mental health like I did, which was, I think, Mm. the biggest change coming from a, a, you know, a very intense high school. Like, because it's all usually put on the backside, your mental health, when you're, you know, in this crazy school experience, you're doing all this work, like, you just have to get the A. So, going to college, I met actually a lot of people from my hometown that are now my, some of my best friends. Um, And balancing, you know, you go to college, you have this other separate group of friends, but you're you're still it's it's hard to keep in contact consistently with your friends from high school mm-hmm. um i have friends that sometimes i don't talk to all quarter and then i come home and it's like nothing ever happened nothing ever changed we just jump right in where we left off i have friends that i talk to every day on facetime and we talk consistently all the time um it's it's really fun I think to get to have not more friends but a different types of friends in different places it's really fun coming home and you know having that consistent group of people still there and it's great going back to school and having that consistent group there it's mm. it's kind of comforting mm-hmm. for me that I can feel safe in two different places and safe with two different groups of friends you are one lucky girl <laughs> You know, it's it's weird about the types of friends you have growing up in high school and then growing up in college. Because in college, it's your first time that you really get to choose who you want to associate yes. with. Yes. You yes. can build friends off like your common interests. Yes. And in that sense, those friendships are very real. Yeah. Because you're yes. basing it off like similar personality traits. Yeah. But all those friends in like going back to all those friends in high school. You're you were in you were forced to be with them because that's you went to high school with them. You yeah. couldn't choose who you with. Uh-huh. But as you guys kind of like said earlier, with there's no really like rule book with life. You're growing with all those people in high school. You're growing up with no one who really knows what's going on, and so you share all these crazy experiences because 
we had no knowledge of the world yeah. and these things end up being so stupid like hiking through the woods to find the highway to try to get home like that doesn't happen in college because you know what to do by then but you have those experiences in high school because we're all just so like, I want to hear more about that story <laughs> I can actually go into that story <laughs> this may be for a later time but yeah it's, it's I mean I still think I'm as close as my friends in college as my friends in high school but Okay. Are the relationships with people back home is just so much deeper. Yeah. And like, because we've shared so many different things with them. And for some people, I've been going to school with them as long as like maybe 12 years wow. or 10 years more. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's great. Interesting on your end, Michaela, being uh, meeting kids who were more invested maybe in their mental health mm-hmm. because of the way they grew up yeah I think it also has to do with the school I go to I think um it's very I you know I go to a very liberal school that Uh is very so many psych majors like you don't really need a politic politics business major in my school like you don't go to that school for that that major really it's you know, I, you got a Jackson's. Well, no, I mean <laughs> Tennessee. No. Tennessee is a great like they yeah. have a great business school, so like it would make sense to go to a right. great business school. Like Santa Cruz does not have that. Like they right. are great in humanities and in science. So it's you you go to a school that you think you're gonna fit into mm-hmm. and find different people. And I think you know what you were saying. How like you think you're definitely deeper friendships with your friends from high school I think for me I know myself and I know I don't do well if I don't have those deep connections consistently around me if I don't have tight close-knit relationships in college I would not be able to do college so I think that was a big part for me was oh you you have to go find like this like your people like you found your people in high school like you have to find your people here and you have to feel at home here and it it, that works for me very well Hmm. great what about you mark yeah i mean i think it's um it's interesting i mean it's definitely kind of a balancing act just because you know definitely you can get caught up with school and stuff and kind of lose contact with um even people you do really do love Um, I also think it's interesting. I mean, I feel like college friends um, are a little different just because you meet them at a time in your life where you're a little more kind of grown into your own personality. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, it's interesting because, I mean, I know people that I've known for a long time, you know, growing up, um, it was almost like we were kind of playing off of each other in terms of our like development and definitely kind of like mirrored a lot of like the same traits and senses of humor and stuff like that. Um, and I think that college is interesting because it's almost like you come with this kind of like your own skill set now. Mm-hmm. So you can almost find people that maybe mirror you less, but mm-hmm. maybe are like more complimentary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think it's kind of interesting because it's kind of a different type of person that you might meet in college, but you still kind of value them equally as important. You, you Listening to you, I'm thinking that the way you're describing it sounds like a fun experience. Yeah, I think it is. I think you like get to know yourself even 
Um, more so because you meet other people who kind of bring out qualities that maybe mm-hmm. in high school, like you didn't have people that would right. bring those qualities out in you. Right. But I think in college you meet such a wide range of personalities that it's like almost like you meet people who are going to kind of spark something new in you, which I think yeah. is, you know, definitely just as cool as having somebody that shares, you know, identical traits as you when you're growing up. Hence part of growing up. Yeah, <laughs> what we what we were talking about tonight, and um, if you guys wouldn't mind leaving everybody, the listeners, with with a piece of advice or a takeaway from um, tonight, uh, going into college. Yeah, yeah, growing um, up, going into college, and your mental health. You you gotta trust yourself if. If you don't trust yourself, no one else is going to trust yourself. You. So, I mean, with mental health, if if you are growing up and you think you have to go a certain way for your mental health, then you probably should go that way for your mental health. And you have to, you have to listen to yourself. You have to listen and hear yourself. I think that's the most important thing. Very good point. Very good point. I think growing up, people think that the way they think, the way, the way they feel, like they're by themselves and they feel isolated. I think it's really important to know that you're not alone. Everyone mm-hmm. goes through these things. It's just that no one knows that anyone else is going through the same things. And that's why I think like it's mental health is such an important thing to talk about. And talking about it makes you realize all the similarities that everyone has had, even though they've come from so many different experiences. And there's so much, many more similarities about human beings then there are really differences there there are so many you can go out and find somebody with similarities i mean it's just we're more similar than we are different yeah Mm -hmm. um i would just say that i think it's important to kind of embrace the change like you know even with growing up or just in life in general I think for better or worse, whether, you know, you do or do not want it to change, I think it will. So I think it's important to understand that, like, even if you're going through maybe a rough period or you're down for whatever reason, um, you know, in two days or three weeks or whatever it is, um, you know, the situation could be completely different. And I think it's important to keep kind of like optimism and just kind of faith in yourself that like, uh, you know, maybe right now is not great, but it's going to be soon. So. Good imparting yeah, words, departing words, departing. What was that, Jackson? There's light at the end of the tunnel. There uh-huh. is light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Uh, if you guys have anything you'd like to bring to our attention, all of you listeners out there, please feel free to email us at info at mindfulpath.com. Uh, we'll have resources available uh, available <laughs> on mindfulpath.com under the resources section about things that we discussed tonight. And Will, what do you want to say as we're leaving tonight? Oh, thank you, Erica. Um, You're welcome. Will. Thank you, thank you. Um, I really, I like, I like what all three of you said, and. I think like life is hard for everybody no matter what like phase of development you're going through. Um, I don't think it 
I don't think it, it's always difficult, though. We go through tougher times and we go through times where it seems like things are all just kind of falling into place. And like Mark said, I think just being able to embrace those different times and, and understand that um, if you're showing up and you're, you're being attentive and you're being mindful, like what Kayla talked about, um, just to be open to the experiences that, that are going on around you and, and put your best foot forward. And, and if you're, you know, talking about what's going on, like you're going to find help, whether it's help that you need or you're going to find the right advice or you're going to hopefully figure out like what it is, what are the next steps that you could or might need to take. So I think that that's all I've got. I think that's pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate all of you coming tonight. Whoa, 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 wait, wait. whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what about you? Well, um, you know, I I love listening to young people talk about their experiences on all fronts and growing up, and I find it fascinating how insightful our our young people are that we're having on this podcast. Yes, it's pretty uh, astounding. Like, I think <laughs> I really have been sitting back. Yes. Uh, kind of in awe. Uh-huh. Um, like, just their level of depth and understanding. And, and I just encourage you guys all to just keep talking to each other. Yeah. Um, keep this dialogue going. And parents, for, for any of you who are listening tonight, especially, you know, if your children, they're in the process of, of raising them younger and they haven't left the house yet, you know, to go off to college or wherever else to move out of the house, take the time with them to to talk about these topics that are often really difficult to talk about because you hear each one of our young people saying you know maybe they would be more prepared if if their parent had talked to them about this or or if they were prepared they think it was because their parents spoke to them about this or you know some tools that they did or didn't learn from them. I clearly, as parents, we are impactful, mm-hmm. and we must not forget that. And you're never all grown up. Yeah. That's <laughs> the other thing. Um, keep, keep, keep an open mind, and enjoy what's ahead of you guys. Because there's a lot of exciting things ahead. Yeah, there are. Thank you guys again. Thank you. you. Have a good evening, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.